Jody Chapel with Melodies and Memories, and we are going live today with Julian and Aaron Schreiber. Welcome to the Melodies and Memories podcast with Julian and Aaron Schreiber, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, they connect melodies and memories with fans and singer-songwriters from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, Music will be left to lead the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your hosts of the Melodies and Memories podcast, Jillian and Aaron Schreiber. Hello and welcome everyone to season six of Melodies and Memories podcast. I'm your co-host Jillian Shriver. And I'm your host Aaron Shriver. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer-songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope that everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook and begins connecting their own melodies to memories. Tonight, we're presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution. Cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos. Find them at arlorevolution.com. One Tree Planted. For every 1,000 downloads of the show, we plant a tree with One Tree Planted. Download the show on your favorite podcast app. Poddex. Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview, unique great Interview questions at the palm of your hand. Our on-screen sponsors, Art on a Higher Wire by Joelle. Original and custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos, and memories. And Shed Services. At Shed Services, we offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at shedservices.com. If you're looking for ways to support or sponsor Melodies and Memories, then head over to our Patreon page. Tiers start at just $1. If Patreon is something that you can't do, the next best thing to support the show is to like, share, review, and subscribe. Remember, you can join us live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube, where you can interact with the show, ask questions, or join in on our live chat with your favorite guests. Remember to visit our website, melodiesandmemories.com, for music news, concert reviews, photos, and playlists, and more. Killed it. <laughs> see, I love doing these these live because really everybody can see like when we do it fumble live, and you won't hear it back. <laughs> you won't hear it on the other side. Thank God I just for saw editing, all right? the good editing. <laughs> <laughs> but she did great tonight, mm-hmm. guys. We are very excited for our show tonight. We first got to introduce this guy. It's been what year and a half, almost. Has it been that long? I don't know. It's been I a little know. bit. Uh, we we got to go to a little singer songwriter event here close to our, our hometown. And uh, Jake was on the lineup, and I'm like, man, I was just blown away by this guy. He had a song called yeah. Nadine that just, like, was- nailed me. The minute it was just, like, nailing the cop. I'm like, all right, I'm sold on this guy. Yeah, for sure. Loved so it. we are very excited. And tonight we welcome on Jake Hoot for episode 144. This Texas native has been working hard to reach his dreams, working so hard that he took home the season 17 of The Voice win that just made Jake even hungrier to work harder. Tonight we are honored to discuss the melodies and memories that make up his journey. We're going to go ahead and welcome Jake, Jake Hood on. What's up, buddy? How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you, man? Man, I'm excited. Like I said, this show's been a long time coming. We're excited to finally have you on tonight and be able to sit down and chat for you, with you for a little bit. Heck yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> we got some people in the chat tonight hanging out, so that's awesome. But man, we like to throw it back uh, to your earliest music memory. Same way, start the show the same way every week. Kind of like what you was listening to around the house, and then we also like to talk about maybe your first concert experience. Oh wow, yeah, that's <laughs> that is throwing it back, man. Um, you know, my, my parents. I grew up, you know, missionary kid. So we, you know, we grew up pretty conservatively. We, we weren't allowed to listen to 
ton of different types of, to, of music, but uh, one of my earliest memories is I can remember um, dad walking around singing Jimmy Buffett songs, you know, come Monday, it'll be all right. And uh, mom was a huge Eagles fan. And so she, nice. she would walk around singing some of those and we would listen to some of them. Um, and of course, you know, Christmas music around Christmas time. I'm, I'm like the Clark Griswold of modern day times. And so, um, Christmas music, you know, Bing Crosby and Dean Martin and those guys, you know, are probably my, my earliest memories, but, um, first concert, I, I moved back to the States, um, to go to college and I went to the Alan Jackson concert in Bowling Green, Kentucky, Josh Turner. And I'm trying to think who else opened for him. Cadillac three. Wow. Um, were, were the two bands that opened for him. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and yeah, that's, that, that definitely sticks out cause I'm a huge Alan Jackson fan. He just got presented the you know whatever the ours of a decade yeah yeah or someone it was ours of the century or something it was huge uh what was the takeaway you had from that concert do i kind of were you already doing music before you went to that concert um you know i i I play you know dad what they did in in the dominican they were missionaries and so they started churches um and inevitably i got you know volunteered to kind of lead the worship service and Unfortunately, I wasn't a good guitar player and, you know, I was very nervous to perform in front of people. And so I had already been doing that in church, but outside of that, I didn't really do much. And so uh, my takeaway from that concert was, you know, just how it, it, to me, it was mind blowing how many people showed up, you know, and I mean, you have thousands and thousands of people that knew every single line, not only the words, but every musical line, every solo, you know, it was just an incredible experience. Um, and of course you get to hear, you know, those kind of bands on the same stage, um, definitely, you know, kind of gave me ideas and kind of gave me that umph, you know, later on when I, when I started playing music. I like that. Cause you, that's a wide variety too. That it's a uh, different mixture. Having Cadillac three with those guys, I'm sure they came out hard. <laughs> those yeah, boys can those jam. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. So you spent some time down in Dominican. We talked a little bit about that, uh, or you mentioned that. Tell me about what really brought you down there and then kind of growing up down there, how different it was from maybe raising your kids now. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> different. So my parents were missionaries. Um, I was, I think I had just turned eight or I was seven, somewhere around there, um, when we moved down and we moved to Haiti first and lived in Haiti for a couple months and then moved over to the Dominican Republic side. It's on the small little it's the island of Hispaniola. Really small island, you know, about 500 miles east of the coast of, uh, of Florida. And so um, moved there and it was, we grew up very differently. You know, we, we you know, grew up in poor areas. Uh, mom and dad weren't wealthy at all. And so, you know, we grew up um, with very little, um, ate a lot of beans and rice, which is probably what contributed to my size. Um, but I'm one of nine kids. And so growing up in a big household in a, you know, you can't say third world country anymore, but in a, in a, you know, a poorer country like the Dominican yeah. Republic was, um, definitely gave, gave me a different outlook on life. And now, you know, I've got two little girls and, um, they're spoiled as I'll get out, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to spoil them. Um, but I definitely want to take them down there at some point so they can kind of experience, you know, what, what life on the Island was like. Mm-hmm. I love that. Did you, uh, did you learn to play guitar while you're down there too? I did. Um, I, I taught myself to play guitar. I watched a lot of people. Um, somebody came down at one point and gave me a guitar when I was 13 years old. And my wow. poor family had to put up with hours and hours of me tinkering <laughs> with that stupid thing. Um, 
which if you've been to one of my shows, I, I know y'all came to that writer's thing. Yeah. Uh, there in Chicago, y'all could see how little guitar I actually play, um, which is probably the reason. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely learned to play when I was down there and kind of stumbled my way, you know, to where I'm at now. So you're just watching YouTube videos, kind of like self-taught. Yeah, yeah, watching YouTube videos, watching other people that would play guitar. Nice. Um, you know, just kind of asking here and there. Oh, hey, I heard you play this, you know, variation of this chord. Um, you know, how did you do that? And asking people to show me kind of little things here and there. And, um, I'm still doing that. I still do that with my guitar player every single show. Hey, I heard you do that. What is that? You know, show me how to do that. So <laughs> definitely well, still that. a learning process. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That's so, awesome. Did you have a mentor at all? Or maybe who, who's taught you the most about being a musician up to this point now? Was it maybe when you're spending time down there in the Dominican or maybe even further along? You know, I, I'm, I've been very blessed to have, um, which this is a great question, by the way. Um, I've been very blessed to have a lot of different mentors and a lot of different influences. Um, you know, dad never, I don't think to this day, dad knows the actual words to any one song. He always would change them up and make them funny and, you know, kind of just. And, and so we learned to do that at a young age. And it's sweet because my seven-year-old now does the same thing because I do that. You know, you're singing a country song, you just change it to a funny word, you know, and, and it yeah. fits. and. So in the creativity and changing up things and finding other rhythmic words that, that fit that, you know, that cadence um, was something my dad taught me. And then later on, I, I, I uh, learned to sing four part harmony in a, like Southern gospel music schools from a guy named David Armistead, um, who just passed away last year. And um, he kind of got that, that fire going in me um, for music. And then, um, you know, since then, you know, especially since the voice and everything, you know, of course, mm-hmm. I, I got to say Kelly Clarkson, right? I mean, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson definitely yeah. helped me a ton. And she not only helped me with the artistry side, but she helped me a lot with the business side as well, which I think a lot of artists, you know, are, they may not think of that when they're getting into it. Right. But mm-hmm. um, and then since the voice, I've had a lot of, you know, Daly and Vincent and Mark Wills and a couple others that have kind of. Taking me under their wing and helped me out along the way, and so I've been very Ooh, blessed. I love me some Mark Wills, man. We we got lucky to go to the Opry a couple we uh like three four weeks ago. We're good friends with the guys from Everett, and they invited us out there. Mark Wills was on the lineup that night, and I just remember sitting there watching him. I was just like, man, I've been listening to this guy since I was a kid. <laughs> so, he and his voice hasn't changed. It hasn't. He's still as crisp as all get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. He was great. He did nineteen something. I was like, yes, that was the one I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. So. Uh, when did you really start digging into songwriting? Was that around the time you started playing guitar? or And before you started really songwriting, did you write before that? Did you write any poetry or maybe keep a journal at all? Or what what brought um, you with the writing? Yeah, you know, we, we traveled a lot when we were kids. Um, and we would, we would stay in the Dominican for like three or four years and then come back for almost a year and then go back. And anytime we were in the States, we'd travel. And so mom got us all journals, all of us older boys. Um, and I probably kept a journal longer than any of my other brothers, I think. But um, I never really got into songwriting much until I got into, you know, those singing schools for four part harmony. And then I would write, you know, arrangements and stuff like that with, you know, the four parts for all, all, all four voices singing. Um, But even then it was more of the melodies and stuff rather than the words. And then when I was in college, some point I got the wild hair to, to start writing music and I wrote a song, um, it's still on YouTube somewhere. I, I could, I didn't want to write a poem for an English <laughs> class. And so he said, well, write a song then. And I wrote a song called, uh, on my way. And from then on, I just kind of stuck with it. And then, 
you know, I got in the room with really good writers and realized how, how terrible I actually was. <laughs> and, and since then I've just surrounded myself with a lot better writers than myself. And I've just tried to hone in that craft and, and polish it up a little bit. I love that. Do you have like a co-write team, like your dream team that you go to all the time, but just a couple guys that you're like, all right, I have an idea. These are my guys. These are my dudes. Yeah. You know, I think, I or think girls. I've got a lot of those, or girls, yeah. you know, or girls. Yeah, or girls. <laughs> and I think I've got a lot of those, you know, I wrote a song. Um, I just posted a clip yesterday or maybe it was today. I don't know with a, with a two month old in your house, you can't keep up. With anymore, but, <laughs> we fully understand um, but, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, but I had this idea in my head of a song that sounded like an old Daryl Singletary song. And so I called up Bobby Tomberlin who wrote, you know, one more day for diamond Rio. And then, you know, I'll, I have, you know, we, we just released a song called um, Before You, yeah. and I wrote that with Kylie Sackley and Grant Vogel. And there are just, there's different people and different groups of, of people that, you know, if I have an idea or we have, you know, a write, I know that style of song we're going to write that day. And so um been very blessed that the voice opened up a lot of those doors for me to get in the rooms of those people. Nice, dude. I love that. I love that. Like, we're not a big TV people at all. And we honestly, before that writer's round, I, I wouldn't even know you were on The Voice. And that's why I loved being introduced to you at a writer's round and yeah. then going back and learning mm-hmm. you won The Voice. I was like, oh, that is awesome. That's why. Because he just so stole good. this show at this yeah. writer's round that he was at. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it was really Thank cool that so uh, the way we just kind of kind of just happened We're to discover you. music so much, yeah. And everything else. Yeah. Um, so you started playing shows in college. Uh, did you ever have any early horror stories from your early college shows? Or do you remember your first gig? Like, were you nervous during this gig or leading up to it? Oh, gosh, man. You're trying to give me, like, PTSD. Or something <laughs> like that, you know? uh, I've heard some pretty good you know, ones. I, yeah, yeah, no, there was there was a few. Um, you know, I started playing, which is um, I'm not going to chase a rabbit trail, but I started playing at open mic nights um, at Tennessee Tech University, where I went to school. And one of my uh, fellow football players kind of you know drug me there and started playing that, and kind of built a name up for myself. But I think the horror stories were every single show I forgot at least one line <laughs> of some song every single show and i only had two to three songs to play um and it kind of became this running joke that oh he's gonna forget a line or a word um and then that my first gig i had graduated and a friend of mine was waitressing at a at a local restaurant and she said hey you need to come over and play and so i mustered up the courage went over there and i had an acoustic guitar and i had no clue what I was doing whatsoever, which is usually how I go through life. <laughs> um, but I get there, didn't have a pickup, didn't have mic, anything. And so they kind of fashioned this thing for me, but where my guitar didn't have a pickup, I was having to lift it into the microphone, play it, and then come in and sing and pick it up, you know, bluegrass <laughs> style. Um, and like we've already talked about my lack of guitar skills, um, it was definitely a, uh, an interesting show, but I, that I ended up, there was a couple people there that, uh, they said, Hey, if you keep playing, we'll keep paying. Uh-huh. And so I ended up playing, you know, a whole like five hour set or something my first night doing it. So, wow. um, knew right then I, I really wanted to do it, but I don't think it sounded good whatsoever. <laughs> I think they had been having a little bit too much with their meal. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, they're paying though. So you're like, all right, you keep paying. I'm like here. something they heard. <laughs> you know, awesome. that's right. You know, that's right. 
So what? Uh, what we we talked a little bit about the voice. What finally pushed you towards the voice? Uh, like, did you like? Where did you audition? How was your journey leading up to the voice? And who kind of encouraged you to finally do it? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I had I had auditioned for American Idol years ago, almost 10, 10 years ago at that point, and hated the whole process. And I'm not bashing American Idol. Um, you know, <laughs> the, a lot of incredible people, including <clears throat> Kelly Clarkson, came out of that. Yeah. Um, but my whole process of the open call was just very it was very interesting. They kind of pulled you in like cattle and you sang about 10, 15 seconds. They said, Nope, we're good. You know? And then they just dismissed your entire group. And I just, I think I was so like irritated that day that I just said, I'm not doing another one of these stupid things. Like this is just, you know, it's dumb. Um, and so fast forward, you know, 10 years and I had already gone through a divorce and you know, had already kind of put my life back together in essence and was happy where I was at. You know, I was working in radio, making a good living. Um, you know, I had my little girl and we were figuring out the whole single parenting thing going on. Um, but I was finally, like, I think that was where I was like, Hey, I'm happy. Like I'm content right now. Um, and at the time I was doing these things with my daughter called bath tunes is when she was be taking a bath, you know, obviously the camera was set up where you couldn't see, but I would always sing to her. And so I started recording those songs and, um, that kind of took off for me for a little bit. And the voice saw that and reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd love for you to come out and audition. And my response to them, no joke was, how do I know this is even real? Like I was like, this is, you know, I got a spam email from somebody. Um, and they, I don't remember what they sent me to prove that they were real, but they said, you know, you can come down to Nashville and, and audition and we'll get you in. And so, um, I got to skip the open call part, which was basically the cattle call thing, you know, yeah. and, um, I, I got to go in and, and it, it just kind of took off from there. And I don't know how I made it as far as I did, but, um, it was, it was an incredible experience that I tell everybody if they had the chance to do it, to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy that he got all the way to the battle rounds and I forgot what season he was in. His name was John Martin and he did really well, but he loved it. He's like, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> he had a great time doing it. So. But that was like the only time I ever really. Yeah, it's not really a competition. You don't feel like you just feel like you're there with a bunch of friends and family. Everybody's so encouraging from the the crew to your fellow, you know, contestants and the judges and everything. I mean, it's just it's a great time. That's awesome. So uh, some of the songs you performed while you're on The Voice, uh, Rains of Pores, Cover Me Up, Amaze, Danny's Song. Now, I want to know a little bit of the inside insider's tip on this one, though. But did you get to pick these songs or was it the producer saying, you know, what, I think this is going to sound best for you or was it a little bit of both? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. There there are certain performances that you got to pick from a list. um, Okay, And then they and then the producers come back and either approve or or deny. Um, And then, you know, Kelly was great about kind of giving me creative control over what I wanted to sing and songs like Danny's song and um, when it, uh, not when it rains a port. Well, when it rains a port too, but um, that ain't my truck was, was one of the big ones that, you know, we would meet after the results show on Tuesday nights and I, and she would go, okay, what do y'all want to sing? Um, and I would always, and, and aside from one time she, you know, she'd kind of let me take, you know, control. Um, but once you, once you pick a song, then the, um, the, red tape guy um his name is clyde i don't know what his actual title is but <laughs> he was a song cool director or something <laughs> i don't yeah i just know his name clyde you know yeah. and he would then take that song and they would go through all the legalities of getting it 
you know, passable to sing on the show. So they'd have to go to the original writers and the label and the singer and the, you know, the show producers and everything to get these. I mean, it was a massive process to get all the songs. legal stuff. Sure, <laughs> Exactly. So that's why you hear a lot of people that do repeat songs. You know, I sang Danny's song. Well, so did the Swan brothers and so did, the, you know, yeah. so-and-so and so-and-so because a lot of those songs have already been cleared and they're just like, Oh, it's a lot easier just to get these done, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, that's, that's basically was my experience. The only song they did not let me do was I wanted to do a country version of La Bamba mm-hmm. and Kelly and Clyde both said, uh, heck no. And so <laughs> I just recorded it after I got off the show. So yeah. it all worked out. I love that. That might come in, into play a little later yeah. too. We have a yeah. game we're gonna play. We might. We, we'll see. <laughs> now, yeah. one of my biggest things I want to ask you, and uh, best job ever is one of my favorite songs you've ever done. Uh, you, you, dude, you're such a family man. How do you juggle this all? How, how do you? How are you able to live your dream as a musician, an artist, songwriter, and still juggle your family, man? Because you're put that out in the open that you, that's number one for you, and I love that. I have two young kids myself. So I just want to know how you juggle that, man. How how does it, how do you can control it? <laughs> um, I would say, um, undoubtedly, I have the strongest and best wife there is in the world. <laughs> um, she is she's a rock star, and um, I'm not saying that because she she's not in the room right now. I don't know if y'all can hear the baby crying in the other room right now, but um, ours but that, is upstairs playing Fortnite, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, and that, that's a prime example. And, I, you know, I think, um, you know, I think it could be a lot harder and it could be a lot more difficult. Don't get me wrong. It is difficult at times and you miss yeah. events and you miss milestones. And um, but when you've got somebody like that behind you that is encouraging and that just kind of, you know, picks up the reins when you take off, you know, and, and holds down the fort when you're gone, it's it's absolutely um you know, irreplaceable. Like there, you can't, you can't put a price on it. You can't put, you know, anything on it without, you know, just sitting there saying like, if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I could do what I do because I do, I do value family so much. And, you know, my, my little girls and my wife come before anything that I do. And so um, I'm very thankful that she is, you know, kind of stepped in when I have to step out and she's, she's kind of taken over. I love that. We had a comment that it said that you involve them a lot. I, I do. I love seeing that, how, how you do involve them in videos and on your TikTok and all that stuff. So it keeps you, and that's what I, I, I wanted to dig into a little bit. I can tell you you're a strong family, man. I love that. Well, thank so. you. Thank you. I love having them. Now my seven-year-old has kind of taken over the creative side of my <laughs> social media. She's got that brain that it just works for her and I'm trying to figure out how to do it so i just asked her for advice here and there and um but yeah i'm, I'm very blessed that's our eight-year-old he's gonna be that way he's he's yep. a gamer it's so funny they're a world beyond us already <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing and we're i mean here's the thing we're not even old no <laughs> no <laughs> that's what i tried to tell no we're I, not it's i amazing, just turned though. 40 oh. so yeah <laughs> yeah we're not old and the fact that they've already passed us i'm like hold up mm-hmm. a second this isn't supposed to happen so what does the rest of the year look for like for you into next year? Uh, you going to be doing any more shows out, out and about, releasing any new music anytime soon? What, what do you got in the works or in the pipeline? Yeah, we've got a couple shows. You know, um, for us, we kind of, you know, slow down a little bit when it gets close to holidays. Um, and usually I take that time, obviously, to spend time with family. But um, I love doing, like, nonprofit stuff surrounding, yeah. like, uh, 
I was almost about to say happy Thanksgiving, but stuff surrounding Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, you know, because there's so many families out there that need food for Thanksgiving or they may need warm clothes for the winter. And so um, I try to use a lot of that time to get more involved with that kind of stuff and help around. Um, and obviously I love dressing up like Santa Claus. So it's kind of a selfish thing that I like to do, but, um, I love that. uh, but we, we've got a couple shows and, you know, we've got a, a Christmas song that we're working on right now. We're put, fi- finishing touches on that may come out, um, next month or the month after, um, that's kind of a funny, you know, kind of Christmas vacation-y style song, um, that I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, and then next year we're, you know, we're going to put out a lot of music. We're going to probably put out an album and we are, we're completely revamping our show. So for anybody who's been to one of my shows, um, it's going to look and sound completely different in a good way. A lot of new music, um, that we've been writing that we're going to implement and a lot of new sing-along songs. So very excited yeah. to see what 2023 has for us. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Well, we're going to move on to our powered by pod deck section. It's our sponsored section tonight. Uh, we pulled a couple cards earlier. Uh, our first one was, if you're on an eight-hour drive between shows and you stop at a gas station for snacks, what three items are you going to purchase? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> eight well, hour, eight-hour uh, drive. Eight-hour drive, yep. and I'm in between shows, so I'm whooped. Um, problem is I drive 99.9% of the time, so I'd have to have <laughs> stuff to keep me awake. So I'd probably do a Diet Coke. Um, sunflower seeds, believe it or not, keep me awake better than any cup of coffee or any five-hour energy so coke uh sunflower seeds and probably like a trail mix would be my three things i would grab at a gas station and then hit the road to the next show (laughs) i love that that's cool well follow-up question why do you like to drive all the time well um because i drive all the time too (laughs) yeah so it's i think it's a two-part question um you know and if the main thing for me is it's therapeutic. I love putting in an, an audiobook or a podcast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, I just kind of disconnect, you know? So that's one thing. Um, if I'm being 100% honest, I really can't sleep if somebody else is driving. Okay. And so it doesn't matter if we're in a bus, an RV, my truck, it doesn't matter. Like if somebody else is driving, I have a really hard time sleeping. So I figure if I'm going to be up, I might as well might just well stay drive. at the wheel and yeah, and let everybody else rest, and then when we get there, we play the show and head on home. Okay, okay. <laughs> she gets car get sick. Yeah, she gets car sick at times. <laughs> it's not so. quite as interesting, but <laughs> so I can't complain. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll sit back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, our second card that we pulled is: if you could go back in time and change anything about your music career, what would it be, or would you keep it the same? Hmm. Um. You know, I think I think everybody, if they were to look back, they would they could nitpick and say, "Well, I would change this little thing, or I would do this." Um, I think I've been very blessed, you know, and I've I've gotten to experience a lot of cool things since the voice and before the voice. Um, and I and I don't know that I would change a whole lot, other than you know, I would I would force myself to be a lot more confident a lot earlier on, and I and I think I suffered from that. Um, I still suffer from it to an extent, but it was really bad going into the voice and Kelly helped me out a lot with that. And other people did as well. That kind of came around me and encouraged me. And, um, and so I think, you know, just being more confident in who I was and, and how I performed and not beat myself up every performance, you know, I'm my biggest critic. And so I think those would be the biggest things I would probably change. I love that. That's great, man. 
All right, our next segment this is going to be a fun one. So we got four songs we're going to play a little clip of. The first memory you have, we call it Connecting Melodies with Memories. First memory okay. you have with this song, just we'll talk about for a quick second. Go ahead and hit, hit the yellow one first. So when it rains, it pours. Luke Combs, man, when you hear that song, where's it take you, man? Where's the first place it goes? Well, I think obviously it takes me to the blind audition of the voice band. <laughs> you know, I, I think that was, um, I was terrified to sing that song. Um, and I got Kelly Clarkson to turn after about a minute and some change, which seemed like an hour. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest memory I've got with that song. Very oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I figured you'd go there with that one. So that's why I had to throw that in there. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and do the green one. This one might be a fun one, too. John's down. That's all changed now. You turn my life around. So when you hear some Brooks and Dunn, brand new man, where does it take you? Man, it takes me back to college, um, <laughs> riding around. I, I didn't really listen to country music growing up because one mom and dad didn't like it. Um, not that they have anything against it. They were just not country fans. They were old rock and roll and, you know, like I said, Jimmy Buffett fans. Um but my buddy, who has introduced me to more country music than anybody, Caleb Hodges, had a big old red truck in college. And we would drive around and listen to a lot of Brooks and Dunn and a lot oh, of yeah. you know, <laughs> classic country and um, fell in love. That's my favorite Brooks and Dunn song. I don't know how you pulled that one out. But I love that song. Yeah. I was, just, I was just guessing a couple. I look back, and that's one of my favorites, too. That's why I was like, all right, we're going to pick this Brooks and Dunn. All right, this next Thank one, we'll see, we'll, we'll see where you go with this next one. The yellow one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had to throw some Kelly in there for you. So, <laughs> so where's that song wow. take you, man? You know, embarrassingly enough, um, you know, I went through a phase, you know, where I think, you know, I listened to a whole lot more of that than I did country music. And mm-hmm. so probably that time in my life, you know, when I was kind of, you know, I, I moved out of the house, moved back to the States. You know, my older brother was living here at the time. So I moved back. Um, and I worked in a zinc mine of all places. Not a lot of people know that. Um, but I was kind of, you know, integrating my, myself into country music and other stuff. Um, and I went through a phase where a lot of that was, was played and sang at the top of my lungs, driving down Just the road with the windows down. So. Belting it. I think <laughs> yeah. we've all done yeah. that. <laughs> hey, back in the nineties, I was a big alternative guy. I was screaming some bushings back there. You know, that's right. <laughs> Some of those good alternative Nirvana, Bush, all those 90s bands. Yeah, I was rocking out with right. those guys. <laughs> all right, this last one. This is going to be a fun one. Go ahead and hit the green one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so where's the first place La Bamba takes you? When you hear that version, when you hear that original version, man, where's it, where are you going with it? It takes me back to um, nights when we played charades and candlelight because we didn't have electricity and I would play guitar and all of my siblings and I would sing that song and Danny's song and a couple others. Um, so it takes me back to the old Dominican days. And the funny thing about it is we weren't, um, we weren't allowed to sing a whole lot, but for whatever reason, La Bamba, you know, was able to, <laughs> to get in our list. And so that and King of the Road, those, those were our main songs that we would sing around nice. like little candlelight or whatever at night in the Dominican Republic. You still do La Bamba to this day at shows, don't you? Or? 
Uh, that's my closer every night, man. <laughs> Love it. Every <laughs> night. Heck yeah. We And we, of course, you know, we we rearranged a couple parts of the yeah. song when we recorded it. Um, and my band absolutely crushes that song. So, yeah, that's our closer every night. So here, here's a curveball question. What was your favorite part of the movie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. You know, Lou Diamond Phillips absolutely killed that Dude, movie. didn't he? Um, and I don't know that I've seen him act that well since then. Maybe mm-hmm. in, you know, that Longmire show that came out with that he was in, you know. Um, I don't know. There's just something electric when he plays and everybody's out there dancing. You know, yeah. and people kind of go so crazy. Good. And mm-hmm. I mean, that, that scene there is just, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's that, if it's Back to the Future when Marty McFly right? slides <laughs> out there. You know, Amazing. Everybody's dancing. And, yeah. yeah, just, you know. Or Ferris Bueller's Day Off when they're singing Shake It Up Baby and yeah. people are doing the backflips, you know, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. That, yeah, that was I, filmed I, really I'm, close to where we live. That, yeah. That's a good movie there, Ferris Bueller. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. We drove by the, the house that where the they parked the car and they run in reverse to try to get the miles to go backwards and it shoots <laughs> out the back. That, that house is probably like 20 minutes from yeah, us. <laughs> really? Yeah, so are y'all, are y'all close to Chicago? We're right smack dab between Chicago and Milwaukee. So we're about 45 minutes from each one. So if you hit Chicago or Milwaukee in 2023, we're going to be there for sure. (laughs) Heck yeah. That's awesome. That's y'all getting ready for Christmas then. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it started snowing this morning. We had our first snow today. That is amazing. (laughs) I wish it would move down this way. I don't really like snow and ice unless it's around Christmas time. Then I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm the same way. Same here. Around Christmas and then we're good. (laughs) You know, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we have a, we have another fun game before we wrap things up and uh, see if we can get you to play one for us before we go. But it's called The Hot Seat. We, we play, we do about 10, 10 quick questions. The first thing that comes to mind, to spit it out. The first vinyl you ever purchased? Hotel California by the Eagles. Nice. If you had an endless supply of something, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Right off the top of my head, probably the little Department 56 porcelain christmas village pieces i am obsessed with those things for whatever reason nice all right uh, that's a cool I love <laughs> your mama's gonna love that yeah who has the best pizza you've ever had you're on the road you had some pizza you're like, man that's my go-to pizza where's it been oh man best pizza i've ever had was in new york city mm-hmm. i don't remember who it was from but it came out and they do pizza right mm-hmm. so that's that's yeah. all i know yeah. <laughs> what's the strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road uh, well, I mean, earlier this year, we were playing in Michigan, and there was a carcass of a deer that had been decapitated lying Ooh. in the middle of the road. So a clean cut. It wasn't, like, smeared all over. I mean, it was like somebody either dropped it or something, but that was like, you know, Halloween feeling, you know, driving past that in Michigan. Who did we have? T- Tyler Braden had moose hooves or whatever, wasn't it? I don't remember. There was something about a moose. <laughs> yeah, something about a moose. I'm like, Wow. <laughs> What's the worst day job you've ever had? We know what the best day job you've ever had was. What's the worst day job you ever had? <laughs> That's a good question, man. Um, I think the worst is I was a janitor when I played college and when I played football in college um, to pay bills, I would janitor at a middle school overnight. And that was probably the worst job I think I've ever, I've ever had. <laughs> I feel you on that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing people buy that you think is a waste of money? Oh, wow. Uh, 
can I can I go the Christmas Village route again? <laughs> yeah. you, know, if, if, you know, just so my wife, you know, doesn't slap me or something because I bought way too much this year. So. <laughs> I love that. That is pretty cool. Now, do you set them all up at Christmas? Like, do you have a whole room like set up? Okay, so I started last year and we just did it under the tree. I've had this Polar Polar Express train. Mm-hmm. For years and so now that it was going around that last year this year i'm currently constructing an entire like decked out room that i'm building the mountains and stuff that the train will go through and the village pieces will be all over it's i'll send y'all a picture oh please done. do I'm, that's I'm seeing, gonna be amazing i'm seeing the beetlejuice model oh i'm loving i love it <laughs> you know that's <laughs> You know the model in the attic. We did that as a kid with my <laughs> yeah. at my parents' house. We set up a whole village, and it was so much fun. And I remember it as a kid now. So you have a little train. You're making memories. Out. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. What's a song you wish you wrote? Man, that's a good one. You know, probably my all-time favorite song that I sing as much as I can is "King of the Road" by Roger Miller. Yeah. I, I wish that would have been. An old Jake Hood idea, but I was, you know, beat out by about forty years mm-hmm. before, before I came. <laughs> Couple along, of years, that song huh? came out, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. That's a good song, dude. What chore do you not like doing? <laughs> Ooh, um, folding laundry. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got the laundry, babe. I come home and there's a mound of it on my kitchen table. Yeah. I'm like, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll wash it. I won't fold it. He is it. not going to fold it. <laughs> it's just, it's very tedious, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, and I mean, I guess you could do it while you put on a good movie, but out of everything, whether what's washing dishes or whatever, I think folding laundry is probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I just, I'm the same way. <laughs> I love it's funny. That. Yep. that is funny. What is your favorite microwavable food? Ooh, Hot Pockets. <clears throat> yes. Me too. I love me some Hot Pockets. I can't have them right now because I'm on this stupid keto diet, but <laughs> I love me some Hot Pockets. Mm. I love that. And our last one that we have for this one, you, you've played the opera. You won The Voice. You've got to do some really cool things, man, and achieved a lot of cool things. What's still on Jake Hoot's bucket list, musical bucket list? What do you still want to accomplish or what do you still want, want to have done? What do you still want to say, hey, I was able to do this. I succeeded. Yeah, um, I think have a number one on radio is the next big thing that we want, um, and we're working towards that right now. Uh, and then, you know, I played the Grand Ole Opry, but I think my end goal is to become a member there uh, someday. And so I think I've played it 17 times now, so we're, we're working that way, and they yeah. keep having us back for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, definitely single on the radio. Um, that goes number one would be amazing, and then, you know, an opera member. I love that, man. Dude, that opera membership is definitely in the works for you. It has to be because you're, you shine on that mm-hmm. stage, dude. I've seen some oh, videos so and much. stuff like that. I'm like, that's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank awesome. you so much. So, I, I feel that way. I just hope at some point when they're talking about new members, they feel the same way too. Heck yeah, man. Well, <laughs> heck, you're doing something right 17 times. So. Absolutely. Somebody keeps leaving the back door open. So <laughs> I, keep, I keep sneaking in there. Get in that back parking lot. All right, I'm here. <laughs> well, before we let you go, can we get you get you to play play one for us? Maybe your your newest yeah. song you got out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's see. You just gotta tell me a little backstory about where it came from.
So this song is called Before You. We just released it Friday. Um, and Kylie Sackley, Grant Vogel, and I sat down and, um, you know, we were talking about ideas and obviously love ideas, you know, love, you know, songs are, are kind of one of my things that I love to write just because, you know, you, you write what you know. And so um, I've written a lot of great love songs and I've written some really sad songs as, as well. But we were talking about, you know, just where, you know, you're at in life with the person you're with and what life was like before then. And so we wrote this song called Before You. And um, it can be applied to a lot of different things, but um, I wrote it about my wife, obviously, and, and what life looked like. So this song is called Before You. Here we go. Before you, I won't lie, there was a few close calls and almost maybes. They all made me who I am. Before you, I was sure that I was living, didn't know what I was missing. Till I got to be your man. I So sure I was doing it right, but I had it all wrong. I thought I knew it forever feels, but I was just spinning my wheels. There's a thousand things I swore I thought I knew before you. Sky was blue, but it wasn't blue. My heart beat, but it wasn't beating. The it is right now, if I'm wrapped up in your arms, I ain't ever coming down. I thought I knew what good love looked like, so sure I was doing it right, but I had it all wrong. But I was just spinning my wheels There's a thousand things I swore I thought I knew Before you, you're the missing piece I never knew I needed If I'm complete, baby, you're the reason The reason I thought I knew what good love looked like so sure I was doing it right, but I had it all wrong. I thought I knew it forever feels, but I was just spinning my wheels. There's a thousand things I swore I thought I knew before you, you. Dude. <laughs>
Oh, man. Someone put in the chat that that's a great first song at weddings and I or first dance song. I totally agree. People are going to be... It's fantastic, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if y'all can hear me. I can hear you. Oh. Uh, turn this up a little bit. Yep. Can you hear us? Can you hear me now, buddy? Oh, we made it through the whole show. Oh, hold on. That was oh, our... There we go. How about, all right, there we are. <laughs> he forgot to click on mute. <laughs> No, you were muted for a second. Sorry about that. Or we were muted on our end. We were muted. Oh, I love that, man. That was amazing. Someone commented on the uh, the chat, great first dance song at a wedding. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like I could, that song's going to be here for a long time, yeah, man. That was a song. great song. Buddy, we, we appreciate it so much you spending some time with us tonight. We had a great, great time with you. Yeah, no, thank y'all so much for having me. This has been a blast, and, you know, it's good meeting y'all at that writer's round and yeah. seeing me again in Nashville, and now to be here is just, it's a blast. So thank y'all so much. Y'all have to come down and catch me at the Opry sometime as well, man. Oh, yeah, we absolutely. would love to. We would definitely love to. Absolutely. Next time you play, we'll have to come down and travel down there. Yeah. <laughs> man, I got this cough all of a sudden here at the end of the show. I don't know where it came from. I'm like, man. It happens. Yeah. We had a visitor, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we appreciate it? We'll, we'll have to catch up again soon. Yeah, please let me know. Thank you all so much again. It's been, a, it's been a blast. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Have a great night, buddy. See y'all. You too. Thank you so much. Right. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us. That was Man, that was awesome. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, as you can see, we are uh, family people here, too. Uh, as I'm choking, choking over here, our five-year-old likes to kind of pop he his head in every now and then. So, okay. yes, that's why I wanted to dig in a little bit with Jake tonight and ask him kind of a little bit about his family and how he juggles everything. Because we like to do promote our promote music and juggle our life with our family, too, as you can hear him <laughs> stomping up the stairs. <laughs> Always a fun time. No, that was a great show. I, I love him. I think he's absolutely yeah. fantastic. So down to earth. Yes, that was a great, it, it was a great interview, for sure. Mm, Loved it. Down to earth, great guy. I mean, great things for him. He's definitely, if, if he doesn't, something's wrong with the opera if they don't bring him <laughs> on. They will someday, for sure. He's so talented. I can't imagine. As many times as he's been invited back, I'm sure. One day his Like I said, coming. 17 times he's doing something yeah, right. So. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I've watched videos of him singing on the opera and his voice inside that opera house is just unlike anything you've ever heard it's just unbelievable he's got a presence to him huh yes jake's a great guy so humble very very humble um and that's why i love i love how he puts everything out there how he displays himself he says hey this is who i am i'm a family guy this music i make and i just love it fantastic well thank you guys for joining us in episode 144 with jake hoot the passion and the drive he has for the music and life speaks volumes. We want to wish Jake nothing but, well, nothing but the best and can't wait to see what he accomplishes in 2022 and beyond. Don't forget to catch up on everything you missed from tonight and past episodes over at MelodiesAndMemories.com. And we'll have another show for you next Monday night. Cannot wait. October 24th. We'll see you guys then. The Melodies and Memories Podcast with Jillian and Aaron Shriver. Brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember... Music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Jillian and Aaron connect more melodies and memories with the fans and artists they love. Thank you for being a part of this musical journey, and we will see you next time on the Melodies and Memories Podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber.